we can carry on using this idea of strength versus power in order to help us understand a bit more about what anxiety at root is all about. So what we were saying in the last instalment is that power is where we get to preserve whatever position it is we're on and repel all change. So power is the ability to defend our position. And strength, on the other hand, we were saying, is the ability to be vulnerable, which is the same thing as the ability to interact with the world around us and people around us. So straight away we can see that if we put all our money on power, then there's no interaction and there's no communication, so it's a very lonely place to be. There can't be any interaction or communication when it's power we're talking about. Because if I'm exercising power, I'm not listening to anyone else and more than this, I don't even care about what anyone else might have to say. So it's all one way, it's all coming out of me and I'm controlling the world around me but I'm not allowing the world around me to, to reach back and influence how I see things. So there's no dialogue. In order to have a dialogue and say something and then pause and then listen, I would have to have strength in the sense that James Cass means it. So in order to listen, we have to have strength. Because listening involves being vulnerable. We haven't already made up our minds about things. And we're stepping back from our idea of the world and wholeheartedly or genuinely taking an interest in what the other person has to say or metaphorically speaking, what the world has to say. And if I'm genuinely interested in getting information coming to me rather than just being interested in me putting out the information, so if I'm interested in input as well as output, that means I'm prepared to change. Because listening, if you're not prepared to change, if you're not, if you've got an agenda that you're never going to drop, then there's no listening. Without dropping the agenda, there is absolutely no listening. And that means there's absolutely no communication, absolutely no interaction. Interaction and communication work both ways. So we can see that this situation where I don't want to stop and listen, where I don't want to run the risk of having my ideas about the world or my approach to things changed, is an isolated position, a lonely position. And it's also a position where I'm not actually 
engaging in life. Engaging in life means engaging in interaction. It means communicating. There's no way to be in life and yet not be communicating. It's not easy for us to say this because we could apparently be communicating and imagine that we're communicating. I could apparently be listening to you and apparently be responsive or sensitive to what you're saying but really beneath it all I, I'm not going to change my position and very often we don't even recognize this about ourselves we actually think we are genuinely listening and then we can turn around and say what we have to say and say but I did you know I listened to your point of view but we haven't not really because secretly deep down we don't have any um, willingness to change at all. So there can be the appearance of interaction, but it isn't inter an interaction because it's all one way. So I can talk an awful lot, go on radio, go on TV, whatever, write loads of books. That isn't interaction, it isn't communication. What it is, is aggression. So the opposite of communication is aggression. And in a psychological sense, aggression means getting everything to fit my idea about it, getting everything to be the way I think it should be. So we can move on from having said all of this to make the point that the everyday self, the everyday self or ego is fundamentally aggressive, fundamentally opposed to changing, fundamentally opposed to being open to the world that's around us. And if we were to reflect on this, we could see that this has to be the way. If I am acting on the basis of a consistent set of opinions, a consistent set of attitudes and beliefs. And I'm saying that that set of attitudes and beliefs and that way of looking at the world and that set of um, behaviours and habits is me. Then life becomes all about asserting myself. That is who I am. I'm not looking at it again. I've already said who I am. So life becomes a struggle for me to get things to be my way, which I believe to be the right way or the true way, and fight off everything else. So the point we're coming to here is that when we do um, identify fully with the everyday self, which is a fixture, it's the same thing over and over again, when we play the game of the finite self, the repeating self or the mechanical self, then we are really putting all our money on control, all our money on power, being powerful. And the problem with that is we've automatically made it into a bad thing if we're not able to exert that power or exert that control. Or 
be successfully aggressive would be the other way of putting it. And there's always a chance, in fact it's more than a chance, that the day will come when someone else will control us, someone else will have power over us, or the world will get its way and we won't get our way. And whichever way we want to call that, things going wrong. And it's not just a chance because when we are embarked upon the road of controlling or the road of exerting power, and power is our way of modality of being in the world, aggression is our way of being in the world, I can only keep it up for so long because essentially the situation is me against it the whole of everything, me against the universe. Me against truth itself, because truth is a moving, changing thing that needs to be updated. What was true one day for me, I have to let go because truth changes, even though we think truth always stays the same. Because reality is a movement, life is a movement, and movement is change. Once we stay still, we're no longer really living. We're fighting against life, we're fighting against the flow. And that's exactly what it means to be um, committed to power rather than cultivating or developing strength. If we cultivate and develop strength, we don't have to have the anxiety of thinking, maybe everything will go wrong. We don't have to have the anxiety, which is always inherent in finite games, which is to say, where we try to achieve a known thing and keep on achieving it. Because if we are cultivating strength, then that means that we've, we're okay about change. We've made friends with change. We realize that even though it's a challenge. It's not bad for us to change. In an actual fact, it's bad for us not to change. It's a disaster if we put an, ourselves in the position of being invulnerable and never changing. And it's a disaster because it's hard work to maintain that. And it's also a disaster because when eventually we lose that doomed struggle that we're in with the universe or reality as it is in itself, this is going to be against our will. It's going to happen just the same, but it's going to happen without us wanting it to happen. And so there's going to be an awful lot of suffering involved. It's like being arrested by the police and they say, there's two ways to come to this can go. You come willingly to the police station, or you come in unwillingly. One way, there's, a, there's more dignity in it. The other way, you'll be kicking and screaming, but you're going to come just the same. <laughs>